So for the business owner, the ability not to travel is a huge one. It's really difficult to uh, recruit talent because uh, they don't deliver any visa. So they had to uh, reinvent how to work, how to expand, how to scale up outside of New Zealand in a different way. So you mentioned remotely, uh, outsourcing, uh, virtually, everybody now is trained to Zoom. So that's the one side. But on the other side is really having this um, posing of talent coming in, of resources coming in. So that's, that's a huge challenge for a business owner right now. Now sit back and relax while we take a deep dive and be inspired to take action on improving your business. Here's your host, Stephen Sandor. Welcome to the Inspiring Business Podcast, where we inspire business owners to focus on their genius and create a business that is scalable and ultimately independent of the owner. My guest today is Melissa Cohen, who currently resides in New Zealand, but as you will hear from her, her accent is originally from France. Melissa is passionate about helping organizations develop high-performance teams and has a speciality dealing with expat staff to empower their experience abroad. So I'm really excited uh, and looking forward to hearing from Melissa and how she has helped to create a culture within organizations that is supportive and also the lessons that could be applied to small businesses so the owners can avoid making those same mistakes as they scale their business. Melissa, welcome to the Inspiring Business Podcast. Hello, Stephen. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. That's the extent of my French. Um, <laughs> I do speak Hungarian a little bit, but we, we won't go there. Perhaps we could start with how you ended up in New Zealand. Yeah, sure. So my love story with New Zealand started in 2003, actually, after a master's degree in uni. Uh, I decided it's time to do my overseas experience. Uh, we have that in Europe as well. So I applied for working holiday visa and I arrived in New Zealand. I just wanted to learn to speak English experience in an English-speaking country. And uh, I picked up New Zealand because I couldn't definitely go more far than to New Zealand because after New Zealand, you're going back to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> So I arrived in New Zealand, bought a van uh, with my partner, and we traveled around for a full year. It was amazing. This country is amazing, full of wildness. People are so kind. Um, not too many people as well. <laughs> not overcrowded. And it was really like, a, you know, coup de foudre. We decided to keep the van in a storage. We came back seven years uh, in a row. It was like our small holiday house. We worked hard in Europe, so we can have we can have um, two three months, especially uh, during summer here um, down south. And uh, yeah, we come back seven. We came back seven times, uh, and we always kept in mind that one day we would come and stay here permanently. So eight years ago, uh, we get our daughter Moana, and we decided now it's time to come to New Zealand and raise her here because we love this country so much. New Zealand is kids friendly. The curriculum is amazing. Uh, very different from the French one. Everything is really um, success, development, focus, and, and very personal, especially at the curriculum. And that's uh, how, how we ended up um, applying for residency, which is not an easy process. It's a lot of paperwork, three kilogram of paperwork were sent to London. <laughs> it's a, a lot of money too, but uh, it's really worth it. 
so so you've come over to New Zealand and and I know that you work in the um, coaching space and also help uh, organizations with um, who who have expats so what are the experiences that you've had that you that you've had in Europe that maybe apply that has helped you um, with the with your clients here in Australia or oh, sorry here in New Zealand I beg your pardon yeah, so my background is in TV industry. So I worked 18 years in TV industry and at the European Parliament in Strasbourg, so in communication. Um, so it, I was producing, editing, and um, in charge of the communication. So it was a background of fast pace, fast pace, a lot of stress, uh, high, big team work, because to produce a TV show, for example, it's a huge amount of people. In lots of steps, lots of processes, always with deadlines. So that's my background. And when I arrived in New Zealand, I really wanted to start a new career because as much as I love the TV industry, as much as I, as I love the communication, it wasn't enough for me. I really wanted to have a more meaningful impact. So that's when I decided to train uh, to become a coach. So I, I am an NLP, a neuro-linguistic uh, programmer uh, practitioner neurosemantic practitioner as well. And I've decided to apply my knowledge, uh, the, the experience I had in the TV industry uh, in my career here. And as an expat myself, I faced all the challenges that expats are facing when they're arriving in a new country. And I really knew New Zealand. I really wanted to come here. It was my dream. But when I arrived, after a few months, very quickly, actually, the cultural shock hit and it was just, my all my world, all my dream fall apart and I had to rebuild myself. So I developed this program for expats, for high performance team and high performance achievers, expats from that, from that experience, that background in uh, high stress industry and uh, expatriation. So what are you seeing in this current environment because obviously we've gone through um, a world pandemic and we were talking a little bit offline um, before we came on the how people, um, you know, borders are almost non-existent anymore because you're in New Zealand, I'm in Australia, we're having this conversation. You could be in France, um, you know, it could be, it, it could be anywhere. So the challenges that, that you see you know, you, you mentioned the stress uh, of th that you were in. What do you see in the current environment as some of the challenges that the business owners or the business, you know, the managers within businesses are experiencing? So here in New Zealand, you mentioned the border are not existing anymore, but the border are, are never as present as now. We are pretty much stuck in in this island, on this island. So for the business owner. The ability not to travel is a huge one. It's really difficult to uh, recruit talents because uh, they don't deliver any visa. So they had to uh, reinvent how to work, how to expand, how to scale up outside of New Zealand in a different way. So you mentioned remotely, uh, outsourcing, uh, virtually. Everybody now is trained to Zoom. So that's the one side. But on the other side is really having this... Um, posing of talent coming in, of resources coming in. So that's that's a huge challenge for a business owner right now. Mm. And, you know, culture is a really in integral part of every business. You know, the larger it gets, the culture changes depending on the direction it takes. But the smaller businesses tend to 
the culture is the is the individual as they grow and and as they expand their business they're trying to hold on to that culture so with your experience with the expat community what so what impact does it have on on trying to maintain a culture within an organization yeah so here in new zealand it's very multicultural but there is this kiwi identity this kiwi culture that they are quite proud of but it's it's really a mix what i've noticed is that for expat people uh, there is this uh, in between this gap between trying to fit in and try to keep their own home identity. So in terms of business culture, it creates this amazing mix asset for the company when uh, the emotional side is taking part of. That means when everybody is aware that some expat has a family overseas, that there, is, there are some struggles, they can understand that they need to deal with the time zone, etc. So when you take on board this emotional part, it can really be an asset. Otherwise, if you really are in a structure, a very rigid um, frame, it can be quite challenging for the expat team member because it's really this struggle between the two worlds they are in. And are these, the expats that you're dealing with, are they of that, like are they executives or, or are they senior management roles? The one I'm working on are senior manager roles and uh, small business owners. And so their families are here with, uh, with them or are so they... So their family, families are uh, here with them. Yep. So uh, it's part of the challenge as well. Yeah. Because as you know, um, so some of them arrive by themselves. They're, these are the business owners, the one who created their own business mm. from scratch. Uh, most of the time from their own uh, international experience. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I know from the French culture, a lot about food. <laughs> it's not a cliche, but it's true. So they, they, they have developed a business in the food industry. So they are here with their families and their partner work or take care of the kids or are part of the business most mm. of the time. The other one, the one from the senior leadership team, uh, came with a work visa. So they are attached with the company. Because when you're on a work visa, uh, you're dependent from the company your visa were accredited by. Mm. So it's quite a struggle because they are not as free as the other ones. So that's why, that's why the challenge to be, you know, um, to be in a country where your happiness, I'm putting some brackets here, uh, depend on the work you're doing. So it gives you less freedom. And that's when really when the challenge is. And this one came with the family as well. So if the partner is not happy, if the partner is not finding his or her true purpose, true meaningful purpose, um, it can really be a limitation to the, the entire family fulfillment. Mm. And I, I guess in some respects that applies to whether you're an expat or, or, or a, a local staff, you know, whether, mm. the, whether the employer cares about your well-being um, or, or not, I, I guess the added complexity of being in a country that you're not that you're that you're not originally from is the infrastructure that you have. You know, it takes a it takes a village to raise a child, yeah. um, and so <laughs> if your village is thousands and thousands of miles away, you ha you have that additional pressure. Yes, yeah, so true. And and what this pandemic here um, pointed is this. Um, as I said, we're stuck on this island. It's pretty much true because. Uh, it's not as easy to go back home to resource, you know, like have your shot of 
family, friends, relationship, everything you know, easy, etc. And then come back with this amount of energy you can spend on the next day and the next months. Yeah. And and now the, the the expats I'm working with are really, you know, exhausted. It's one year and a half, two years, two years and a half that they won't haven't been able to go back, have their shots of, you know, comfy cafe yeah on the the chancellor exactly exactly and then so that's culture so the struggle so really um we mentioned mental health but it's it's really high high struggles are rising Mm. now and what can an employer because i mean our audiences are typically the you know the smaller end of of business you know under 100 employees they you they typically family run businesses or partnerships of families um you know they don't have the, the formal boards uh, as such what would be the advice that you would give to those people and how if they have expats to support you know what would they do to support those expats but but more generally, you know, what are the, some of the mistakes that you've seen businesses make in trying to develop a culture, but possibly not succeeding in creating a culture that is supportive of, yep. of their staff? So it's, definitely, uh, so it's definitely about inclusion. So if you're imposing culture, uh, the, the normal reaction is to re- uh, reject. So it's include. And with, when you have uh, expats, team members, it's really understand that they are different. So I know that for business owner, fairness is really important, of course, treating every employee fairly the base ground, but understand that they are different. They have different struggles. They don't have the support that others have. So if you can build a culture that includes that side of them, for example, developing family days every quarter, include family, checking in, allow them to have some time or space because of the time zone. An expat is not living from nine to five. An expat is living between two hours zone. So it's really Mm -hmm. understanding that as well. Making sure that there is this emotional support and emotional understanding that they they are coming from another place. I mentioned, I'm going to mention as well, uh, cross-cultural training. So it's really important for a business owner or, of a, or a leader from, from a team to understand these uh, this cross-cultural differences. And for that, you've, you've got lots of trainings, but it's, for example, someone from Europe, especially from France, give a deliberate feedback very directly, which can be really taken as pretty much insulting from someone from another country. So once you understand that, no, this team member is not rude, this team member comes from that place. So when you, once you open your, your mind, you open your understanding, then that's when the communication can be created. So the mistake I'm seeing is because, because of treating everyone fairly, that doesn't mean everybody is the same. So understanding that, I think it's a big one. I wonder how much multiculturalism has an impact on society because Australia for nearly 70 years now post second world war we had a lot of immigrants can I'm I'm a I'm a product of that uh, you know my parents emigrated from Hungary in 49 um, there was a lot of Italians Greeks Lebanese later on and then my parents made sure that I wasn't treated differently mm-hmm. because they didn't speak Hungarian at home, which was a shame. 
I would have liked to have spoken fluent Hungarian as opposed to my staggered Hungarian. But it gave me a different, you know, as I was growing up, I, it gave me a different perspective of, of the culture or the environment that I was in. And I just wonder, what's your thoughts on that, you know, is because you're talking about inclusion mm-hmm. and, and diversity because now we're, you know, there's a lot of a lot to unpack in in that whole space around inclusiveness. So, what's your what's your thoughts on it? How can we use that that difference to our advantage? Yeah. So, as I said, really understanding from the place where they're coming from. So you can, uh, if you have someone giving uh, direct feedback, I'm taking the same example. Once you understand that, you can definitely use that as your as your advantage. Because maybe you can take a step in that direction of on that of that people, and then can learn another way. So that means you can expand your knowledge, you can expand your awareness, and mm. that's when leader can grow. So it's really, and uh, when you say this multiculturalism is really learning from others. So yes, mm. understanding that there are other ways, and going out of your nutshell, going out of your own mind space, and understanding that. I think that's the the best advantage a business owner can have. Yeah, learning from others. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And also, you mentioned the, you mentioned your uh, migrant history, and I think now we are now in a big shift. For example, there are lots of schools here in New Zealand where uh, they've got bilingual units. So now we encourage this diversity. We don't have to hide to in, to be included. We can be proud of our difference and we can still be included and accepted. And I think that's when a, a huge shift, shift is operating now. And for example, my girl, she's, my daughter, she's going to a, a, a school with a, bi, a French bilingual unit. But she, for her, and she's, she's eight, she's been here for five years. She's a total Kiwi now, but she speaks French at home. So there is no problem for her. She gets that. She, she, for her, it's completely the norm. Yeah, again, I love that, that, you know, being proud of, of your heritage and being proud of who you are. And, and I think there's, you know, in today's society, there's a lot of not as much judgment around all of that anymore. Melissa, it's been wonderful unpacking um, some of uh, your thoughts uh, around this. I just have one question, to, one more question to ask you. And what is it that you're curious about at the moment? Good question. <laughs> What am I curious about? I'm curious about what, how will we evolve after this pandemic? It's a, that's a huge one because, as I said, travels are not as easy as before. And on the other way, we've never been as connecting as before. I'm really curious about how we're going to deal with this duality between not being able to move our body to another place but being able to be connected with another human being so deeply, you know, beside a screen. So, yeah, I'm really curious about that. See how we're going to evolve with that. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, it's, it's, I think it's exercising a lot of people's minds as to what, what are we going to do. So thank you uh, again, Melissa. Really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts here with us on the Inspiring Business Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Stephen. I hope it was helpful. Oh, definitely some great insights, Melissa. And thanks once again for being my guest today. 
If you've enjoyed listening to Melissa and her inspiring story and you'd like to hear more of the same, all you need to do is subscribe and you'll never miss out. Melissa spoke about business owners embracing the difference and diversity of their staff and by learning from those differences that it's possible to grow a strong and positive culture. So regardless of whether you have contracted expats or staff have emigrated and now make Australia, or in Melissa's case, New Zealand home, that there is great value by being inclusive. You'll find all the links to Melissa's website and her personal coaching business, as well as pure results, in the show notes below. Melissa has also been kind enough to offer you a complimentary call and provide you with information on your action plan. Here at Inspiring Business, we've created the Scale to Success system, a proven method to turn your business from a solo sport job into an enterprise that doesn't rely upon you. I offer a one-hour examination call that provides you an opportunity to explain your plans and objectives and what scaling means to you. Even if we don't end up working together, no one has ever said that it was a waste of time. Our mantra is to get your business ready for sale, but don't sell it, and that allows you to retire into your business with options. My name is Stephen Sandor from Inspiring Business, and there are plenty of additional resources on our website at www.inspiringbusiness.net, and we're across all the socials. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Business podcast, and as always, my wish is to inspire and energize you so you can take action to make a difference in your and others' lives. Mm -hmm.